Hi, I'm Stu Baca, and I'm a Gen X grown-up, and I support Gen X grown-up on Patreon, and you should too at patreon.com slash Gen X grown-up. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners, to this episode 160 of the Gen X Grown Up podcast. I am John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, man. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Would not be a show without George. How's it going? Hey! How's it going, everyone? <laughs> in this episode, we head to the theater for what moviegoers are calling the best Godzilla movie in decades. Test drive a gadget from our geek gift guide that one of us couldn't wait till Christmas to purchase. And, <laughs> well, you'll find out who. And yeah. play a brand new game that you could easily mistake for a classic arcade platformer. We're going to have those topics and many more throughout the course of this show. But first, it's time for some fourth listener email. Our fourth listener this time around is Kevin M. The subject line of Kevin's email was games. Oh. Subject near dear to your heart, yeah. George. So yeah, he yeah. here's what Kevin had to say. I listened to y'all's last podcast where George was talking about Alan Wake 2. That could have uh. been any number of recent podcasts. You've been talking about <laughs> it for a while. <laughs> he says, I recently had to exchange my gaming laptop and got a Lenovo Legion and got Alan Wake 2 for free with the laptop. Yeah, nice. Nice. I've heard you talking about the first game a while back, and because of your suggestion, I got the first game and beat it. Sweet. Nice. Good job. Yeah, right. I also picked up Mass Effect due to your recommendations. Oh, another your one. favorite ah, game. That's a good yeah. one. Mm-hmm. He says, so far, y'all haven't disappointed me with your game suggestions. But what's the deal with Alan Wake Nightmare game? It sounded uh, like George didn't care for it. Just curious if it's worth picking up as well. The best fourth listener is a salutation. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> so, George, cool. what is the deal? Why could you tell Kevin about the Nightmare game? Yeah, I mean, so Alan Wake Nightmare was put out kind of in a rushed fashion because they didn't realize how big of a hit Alan Wake was going to be. And when it really smashed a bunch of records and it put, you know, a whole new genre on the map, remember it was kind of one of the first ones that did the game segments in a TV episodic format. So every time you played, Mm -hmm. it was like episode one, episode two, Mm -hmm. so on and so Mm -hmm. forth. That stuff was all fun, but they realized, Oh crap, we've got to capitalize on this, you know, success and have another game out really quick. So they put Alan Wake nightmare out. Now the problem with Alan Wake nightmare was not really the gameplay. The gameplay was pretty standard and solid from the original one. They didn't Mm -hmm. change too much in the engine. It was more Mm -hmm. just the fact that they rushed the story and it felt like they didn't take the time to really edit it well it's a much shorter game than either of the other two Mm -hmm. by design it was supposed to be a little bridge thing between alan wake one and what is now alan wake two 13 years later it just (laughs) didn't do a good job of that Mm -hmm. and so it's largely panned as a story driven video game now the game elements themselves like i said gameplay is all pretty much the same so if you liked alan wake one the gameplay is going to be the same Mm. the story though which to me is the most important of the alan wake franchise is just simply not there as strong didn't take the time to do it yeah Yeah. story so okay like Maybe don't skip it entirely if you like the gameplay, but you're saying like there's not the same kind of like narrative payoff that there are in the the primary games. It's worth maybe 
five bucks or 10 tops. Mm, okay. I would say, I don't know that I would go more than 10 on it. Um, okay. Five feels fair for it. It feels like, you know, like when we had all the different, um, what's the game with the girl who rewound her powers that they did like a billion. Life is strange. Yep. Life is strange. It feels like one of those ones, like the, um, the captain underpants one where it was kind of that little. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I know about. what you're talking about. Yeah, whatever <laughs> he was called, captain, whatever. It was like a filler, not really thought out. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Gotcha. Like, like yeah. oh crap, we got to get something to keep these people hooked. Let's mm-hmm. throw this out here. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Kevin. So depending on what you liked about Alan Wake, you might want to check it out if you can get it on the cheap, but it's it's not up to the par, according to George, of everything you'd expect out of an Alan Wake game. So I'm glad we haven't led him astray, though. And it sounds like he's taking all of your recommendations. He's not from anybody <laughs> yeah. else. So well, he's, he likes your taste. Don't see him wrong. It's not like I'm finding hidden gems, though. These are like multi-billion dollar <laughs> right. games that are have billions of downloads. You heard about this little sleeper called Bioshock? You better check <laughs> <Exactly>. that out. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. There you go, Kevin. Thank you also for writing in. We love that you did. We certainly appreciate every time the fourth listener takes time out of their day to tell us what we're doing right and wrong and what they enjoyed or didn't enjoy in the show. If you would like your email featured here on the show, it's drop dead easy. Just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every single one. And most of them, like Kevin's, will eventually make an episode of the show. All right. With that good business in the rearview mirror, let's jump into the body of episode 160 right after this. Science! 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 Hello, podcast fans. Want to get weird with us? Come check out the Mad Scientist Podcast. We are a weekly show that looks at the history, philosophy, and hard facts behind your biggest paranormal questions. Did the government really pay for a psychic spy program? Yes! Is it true that surgery got its start in grave robbing? Yes! Can a roller coaster really kill you? Legally, we can't say so for sure, but sometimes, yes! Join myself, Chris Cogswell, and my co-host, Marie Mayhew, as we examine the science, philosophy, and history behind the strange and unusual. All to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's, well, just made up. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Mad Scientist Podcast. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. Of all the cars in America, these are probably the most perfect family cars. The 83 Dodge Aries Ks. Only Aries gives your family six-passenger room with mileage this high, five-year or 50,000-mile protection, and the driving security your family needs when conditions are at their worst. You see, no other full line of six-passenger coupes, sedans, and wagons is engineered with front-wheel drive. Now, 10.9 financing on many new 82 and 83 Dodge cars. Participating dealers have details. Let's get cooking then talking about media we have been checking out since we last spoke. Now, you know, this could be comics or music or movies or television or books or whatever. Mo, though, yes. you checked out something that is breaking all kinds of reviewers records lately. You were looking oh, yeah. forward to it. I'm hearing great things about it. Tell us what you've been watching. Oh, I went and saw Godzilla minus one. Mm. A one day early preview showing. I was there. I was there's no way I was missing this sucker because <laughs> at the time, actually, I did it that early also because at the time it only supposed to have a limited 
limited run. It's only supposed to run for like a couple oh. of weeks. Oh, really? Um, oh. And stop. Yeah. But it's done so well. They're extending it and it's going to be running for a while. But let me tell you, Godzilla minus one. I loved it. It was just you have to totally not think about all the latest Godzilla movies, all that stuff, because that's all the American version. Mm-hmm. All that that's kind the of stuff, legendary right? studios or something. Yeah, the legendary right? studios, right. This mm-hmm. is Toho, the original Godzilla creators, the people who did the first Godzilla movie who did this mm-hmm. one. And it goes back to Godzilla almost like he's not this big thinking monster. He's just like a force of nature. He just rumbles through and destroys stuff without any reason, mm. without any logic behind it. It was just campy enough. Like they got that level of camp in there where it's like, okay, now it made me feel like the original Godzilla movies. Like we used to watch mm-hmm. as a kid with a guy in a rubber suit and all that stuff. <laughs> um, and the story, people were overly emotional. Like again, like you saw them in the original movies, you know, everyone's like totally emotional about stuff. Uh, they had this harebrained scheme to battle Godzilla at the end that's just so crazy it just might work you know one of those kinds of things you know it had all the elements I was looking for and I just had a great time it was not a thinking Godzilla movie Mm -hmm. it was very critical of Japan and how they treat people after the war. They made a lot of negative government references and stuff, but it was just a great movie. I loved it. Now, everything you've described so far, I, I'm going to, I'm going to try to drag some more information out of you because everything right. you've said sounds like every other Godzilla that I've watched a little campy, you know, mm-hmm. th- his attitude, all that kind of things. But I'm hearing, this is not like another good Godzilla movie. What I'm hearing oh, no. is like, Oh my God, this is the best one in forever. Do you agree with that? And if so, what about this one makes it so much better? Cause Godzilla, for me is just like oh it's Godzilla that's fun you're a devotee (laughs) your opinion is what I'm most interested in and why are people saying that and how do you feel about that I think because it harkens back to the original Godzilla whereas the new movies they make Godzilla into something he a little more than what it actually was like he's this thinking thing that protects nature and you know the latest stuff that they kind of came up with this one it's just a monster that appears Mm. and they're trying to stop it and i think it's because it harkens back to the original godzilla movies that same you get that same feel watching this one Mm. like i enjoyed the the legendary studios godzillas i really i I enjoy them i hope they keep making more of them this one though it made me feel like i was watching an original godzilla movie just better Mm, modern okay all right so As the non-Godzilla guy in the room, (laughs) I've got a couple of questions. Uh, First of all, I I haven't heard you say yet, and I don't know enough about this to to be asking this question probably, but I'm assuming this is live action, not animated. Yes. Okay. I I just wasn't a hundred percent sure because I've seen Godzilla cartoons when I was a kid. Oh yeah. yeah. Nothing like that. You know, I never know what's coming out. What is the minus one refer to Mm, in the title? That's a good question. Is it like a prequel (laughs) or is it like Godzilla had a baby and one of them died or what? I don't know what's going (laughs) on. Down one. So apparently in Japanese, it makes more sense when you say minus one, but what it means is the director says that basically because it takes place right after World War II okay. Tokyo's destroyed so mm-hmm. basically he said at that point he says Tokyo was starting from zero right now Godzilla comes now they're at minus one. Oh. Uh, so you've just taken this huge sucker punch from World War II right. and now Godzilla on top of that top so of you're it, less, which is taking less than okay. zero. zero you're less oh, than zero. Oh I had no idea what a great question George. Yeah, I didn't either <laughs> I actually had to look this up because I was like this makes no sense because it's not a prequel I have no now, idea. Now that would be a good movie John what holy crap godzilla less than zero godzilla versus robert downey jr and james spader <laughs> that would be awesome <laughs> i don't know who's not what that i was one. implying but maybe yeah, okay. <laughs> 
like I said, I just had fun. That's what you want. Not heavy, not su- I was I would see it again in a heartbeat. It was it was that much fun. All right. So I mean, again, if you haven't seen it, go see it. it has like a ninety eight percent Rotten Tomatoes now, or it's something crazy. crazy. Wow. Yeah. You know, it dropped from a hundred to ninety eight. All right. Oh, <laughs> but oh yeah, it'd be okay. So anyway, that's what I saw. So how about you, George? What you got for us this week? Well, uh, so on the opposite end of the uh, Rotten Tomatoes spectrum, and <laughs> from the same oh. ilk of just Uh-oh. have fun oh, no. with it. Oh no. <laughs> As you guys know, I can't really get out to the movies right now with everything that's going on in personal life. So mm-hmm. I'm watching a lot of stuff online. And so I'm just kind of like every day I'll pick a different service. This time I picked Netflix and I picked a, a short run series. It's eight episodes total, 45 minutes each episode. Just came out a few weeks ago. Imagine, if you will, the best of the best of the best, as Will Smith would say in Men in Black, okay. <laughs> of this elite squad made up of all of our military branches, Air Force, you know, Rangers, SEALs, whoever, right? The best of the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And their goal is this long, deep cover mission to stop a bunch of crazy people with a nuclear weapon, right? Okay, always good. Sounds great. That's a great premise. I love those kinds of movies. Now imagine that Uh when they think (laughs) that they've stopped the nuclear weapon, they decide to have a big-ass party, spend $60,000 of taxpayer money on drugs and hookers and alcohol and everything else you can imagine, and then get woken up by their superiors the next morning to find out, nope, sorry, that was a fake nuclear weapon. The real one is still there in Las Vegas. You got 24 hours to go stop this thing, and you're blitzed out of your mind. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the premise behind Obliterated. So they're hungover... <laughs> They're people trying to stop special the world, forces to stop Las people, Vegas from blowing up, and they have to stop a nuclear weapon from blowing up Las Vegas. What could go it wrong? Is- <laughs> Cold War Russian paranoia stuff. I mean, it's in modern day, but oh my goodness. It is, is it funny. Comedy? It's full of. <laughs> that was my question. Is it a comedy? <laughs> it is kind of a comedy. Okay, right. <laughs> it is a little bit like it. It pokes fun at itself left, right and center. All kinds of, as you'd imagine, it's Vegas, right? So debauchery, sex scenes, drugs. There's a camel involved. I'm not even going to go into that right okay. now. <laughs> It is absolutely crazy. One of the best scenes in it, in the very first episode, actually, during the party wind down, everybody's like coming together. The They just called him back and said, no, 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 that wasn't the real weapon. See Thomas Howell, who is one of mm. the team members. He's actually the bomb disposal expert. <laughs> Holsey walks out <laughs> buck naked, full frontal and face plants into a glass table like, well, <laughs> this is going to be fun. <laughs> it is silly. It is campy. It is perfect for the Christmas time viewing. Uh. There's no thought into this. You're not trying to solve too many great mysteries, although there are a few obvious twists that come back and forth, mm-hmm. left, right, and so, and you can you can see them all coming four episodes away. That's not yeah. It's not going to tax your brain too much, but it's fun. It's a great time waster. Okay. I watched the whole thing in like a two day stretch. Okay, yeah, handle that. <laughs> it's, it's just <laughs> silly crazy nothing wrong with that it's yeah it, yeah. it sounds pretty crazy it, it, it's not going to win any awards they're they're in no danger whatsoever <laughs> That's okay, though. Of, of taking everything from the emmys or oscars or whichever <laughs> award show they'd be part of but yeah it's fun 
So right. <laughs> if you like that kind of thing, yep. obliterated might be worth, what is that? Seven and a half hours worth of yeah. entertainment, I guess. But sounds like we're trying at least to see, cause it sounds goofy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Watch if one, you get through the first you, you episode, stop, you right? might get hooked. Hmm. Okay. Now I watched that. Let's move on from that one real quick though, because okay. John, the movie you went to see that you have on the list is a looking forward to for you as well. And right. it's one that I was keenly interested in because of the star Joel Kinnaman. Yeah, me too. That's right. Yeah. So this is a John Woo film. And we're talking legendary mm, director right. John Woo. Uh, Joel Kinnaman is a star, as you mentioned. Uh, this was called, it was, it still is. This is called Silent <laughs> Night. I went and saw it in the theaters. Mm, Christmas movie. It, yeah, it did. It is a Christmas movie. It came out in December <laughs> because the concept of the movie is, and I talked about it in Looking Forward, so very briefly, is family man Joel Kinnaman just living his best life, Christmas time, and some gangbangers drive by in front of his house in a shootout, and stray bullets both kill his son and ultimately shoot him in the neck. Uh, the mm. timeline's a little twisted. doesn't matter. The point is, gets shot in the <laughs> neck after recovery. He can't speak. Silent night. He can't talk, okay? Mm. Through the course of the film, he spends the next seven or eight months learning to become a vigilante because the cops aren't doing enough to avenge his son. He's going to go out and take care of all these these gang members gang who bangers, are whatever, responsible. Yeah. So like okay. a Charles Bronson death wish kind of feel. Sort of, kind of, right? That's what I thought. Yes. Oh, that's okay. what I thought. Oh, okay. There's more to the title than you think. Silent Night is just not just about Joel Kinnaman's character having lost his voice. There's almost no dialogue in this film. Oh. Oh. There's some background Even from sound. the other characters. I mean, anybody. There's a little bit of talking. People talk to one another, you know, but not only can he not speak, his life is crushed. So he doesn't communicate with his wife and like they don't talk much anymore. She doesn't talk to him because mm. he's isolated in the garage. He goes through his drunken phase. He's not engaging with other people and we follow him the whole movie. So since he's not really engaging with people, people don't really engage with him. I mean, it's not a it's not a gimmick like Nova dialogue in the movie. It's not that. People do go, hey, what are you doing? And hey, you there. And, you know, up, up the stairs to the left, sir, whatever. There's stuff going on, but there's no like dialogue in the film that moves the story along. There's just background chatter and stuff on a TV gotcha. and oh, crap like yeah, that. He's not talking to anybody, right? So he's definitely not. And the okay. weird thing is like he could always whisper, right? Because his, his vocal cords got hurt. In fact, at one point they get him one of those robotic voice things uh, that you can use. Oh, right. And he yeah. just it runs against the wall. He hates it. So he's decided not to communicate with people. All that would be fine, except the problem with not having any dialogue is that I never had an opportunity to care about anybody. Obviously, I feel for this man who lost his son and had his life demolished. Of course I do. But you know how, like, in movies you get a chance to learn, like, there's the cop on the force that may or may not decide to help him in his vigilante, or maybe he's going to be right. after him. Right. You, and you see people throughout the thing that normally in a movie you would take a scene to get to know so I would give mm -hmm. a shit whether or not they die in the next shootout. I don't. Okay. It, okay. It, it ends up, it's a, I wanted a revenge. I wanted something like Nobody, right? The Bob Odenkirk mm. movie where, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. an everyday guy learns how to become a badass. I guess he actually used to be a Here badass. He was, he was is, already went back to being Right, he already was. In this case, he becomes one. He's vindicated and justified and he goes through all this, but I didn't get any of the emotion of that. It was just the mechanics of that in this movie because I wasn't let, I wasn't given the opportunity to get to know or care about even the bad guys. You see them through a mic binoculars. That's it. You don't get to know them or anything. Once they die, are they vindicated or justified? You don't know. It's just, you shoot them, shoot them, shoot them, credits roll. I wonder, do you think that was a conscious choice on the part of the writers and the directors because 
what you're talking about, it sounds like to me is an isolationist film. And I've used that term myself. I don't know what Mm -hmm. they're called, but there are multitudes of films where it's like one character and maybe one voice from somewhere or two characters at the most. This is not, you know, just one human being and there's multitudes of humans, but because of his injury, not just to his voice box, but also to his emotional state, it sounds like he is isolated a hundred percent from the world around him. And the only thing that's a part of him is the vengeance that he seeks. It sounds like you're maybe watching the movie through his prism more than from the third person where you might see other films where you get a chance to care about people. Maybe it's the exploration of that pain Mm. and hate that the film is trying to Mm -hmm. evoke Mm -hmm. as opposed to just the standard, hey, this bad guy is the star of his own story and this good guy is the star of our story. So kind of thing. What do you think? Maybe he doesn't care about these other people. So why should you kind of thing? I fully believe that because the one person he does care about is dead. Like, right. it sounds like he didn't even yeah. care about his wife anymore. Well, mm-hmm. it seemed like they had a great life, but then he just shut down after that. Like, he couldn't recover. Right. So I, I don't think you're wrong. I think that was the intent of the film. And I think they delivered on that pretty well. The problem okay. is the way it was done, or maybe even no matter how you did it, it makes for a movie that you just can't get emotionally invested in very well. Mm, gotcha. It's sterile. It's like, oh, I see what he's doing okay. now, but I wasn't like, come on, come on, come on. I wasn't excited for him even because mm. I didn't oh. feel motivations. I didn't feel beyond rage. That was the only motivation I felt. There was no nuance to it or even get to know the bad guys. You know, when people get shot, it's an ocean of bad guys coming down a stairwell and he's just blasting them and it's John Woo, you know, guns never run out of bullets right right but you're just like who are these guys and they're all dead and they're they're like cannon fodder they're coming around a corner and just all right just killed 50 guys i guess life doesn't matter in this movie and we don't know who they are anyway they're faceless goons yeah so interesting film worth watching Hmm. on streaming later i wouldn't spend any money in the theater on it because it it doesn't need to be on the big screen it honestly you can watch it on netflix or doesn't matter no well the action doesn't have the impact that's unusual for a john woo film right exactly it's because the action has no heart behind it, the impact of the thing, you know, the hmm. doves flying across the screen as the bad guy. No, none of that's there. It's so <laughs> sterile. So, wow. okay, movie. I mean, I'd give it a C plus. What is that? A you know, two tokens, something like that. Two and a half right okay. in there. It's all right. It wasn't like giving him my money back. But if you're waiting for this one to go see on Christmas Eve, because it's a Christmas Eve revenge film, <laughs> don't. Just go watch Violent Night again with Sheriff Hopper. Much better film. Right. I was Got just it. thinking that. Yeah. Much better film. Yeah. So that's my advice on Silent Night. It's okay. Not what it was cracked up to be. So, oh well. You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show, too. It helps more than you know. I want an aspirin-free pain reliever. What should I take? 
Ask your doctor about Daytril. Extra strength Daytril tablets. Daytril is 100% aspirin-free. Daytril? It contains the same aspirin-free pain reliever hospitals use most. Well, fine, but is it really strong? You can't buy a stronger aspirin-free pain reliever. Look for extra strength Daytril in this factory-sealed package. Ask your doctor about Daytril from Bristol-Myers. Am I glad I found out about Daytril? All right, let's jump into tech and toys. So mm -hmm. as we heard in the opening, one of us couldn't wait to Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say who. I'm just going to let that person talk about what they bought. George. Look, so <laughs> George, these days, call down. I need all the good times I can get wherever I can get them. I'm not fucking waiting for some date on a calendar. If I see something at this point, I'm just going to fucking do it. All right. All right. Uh, you're right. Yes. In our holiday geek gift guide episode, I talked about in the, I believe it was in the hundred dollars to $50 range, yep. uh, this mm -hmm. device that basically is one of those controller apparatuses that takes your cell phone and turns it into a mobile gaming device. That's like a handheld PS Vita type of thing called mm -hmm. the backbone one. Oh yeah. Yep. It does every single thing that I talked about in that episode. So for those who didn't hear that episode yet and shame on you, if you didn't <laughs> go back, <laughs> what it does, you stretch it out, you plug your phone into it. If you have a Android phone, they have two different USB-C models. If you have an iPhone, they have two uh, lightning models, both models in each one of those two categories. One is Xbox based, one is PlayStation based. So no matter what type of phone and what type of console you prefer, you can find a combination of those. Mm, There's okay. four different devices. It works pretty seamlessly. It has a really solid app. There are plenty of games that are in the app that it suggests you use. I tried the NBA 2K app, which oddly enough, didn't work with the controller at all. It only wanted touchscreen. I can't figure out why. <laughs> and I immediately said, you know, if you're putting this game forward as something on yeah. your platform, it should work without me having to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Didn't do that yeah. well, but uh, it did control my other games. It worked wonderfully with Steam Link. It launches Steam Link directly from oh, its yeah? That's pretty cool. interface, so I can remote play any game on my home PC, but streaming it to my device with Steam awesome. Link, just like you could with any uh, Android device. Or you could probably do that on Mac. They probably have Steam Link for uh, iOS or anything. Does it work well? Is there any lag or anything like that? No lag whatsoever. Wow. I noticed that's none. pretty cool. That's yeah. crazy. And I was on a public Wi-Fi using wow. it. So, okay. Yeah. Works really well. After two hours with the device, I've realized one thing about mm. myself. Oh. I don't like handheld gaming. <laughs> so I now own two of these devices oh, between the Gucci and the Backbone One <laughs> that I just don't really like because... I, I was not in the generation that came up with Game Boys and Nintendo DSs and all that kind of... I just <laughs> didn't have that. You know, I went from the 2600 to a Nintendo 64, I think, was the next console. I yeah. just don't like handheld gaming. It's, <laughs> it's awkward. I don't like looking at the small screen. I, I just don't enjoy it. 
So yeah, I might have I might have wasted seventy dollars. <laughs> although now it's a hundred without the discount. But <laughs> that seems weird because especially doing the Steam Link, it's like you're playing the exact same game. You have a controller that you said is simulates the Xbox controller you're accustomed to. Is it just because it's in your hand and not like you're leaning back and looking at a big TV? Or you think that's it? Mm-hmm. It's just really the experience with the screen, or it's what the is ergonomics it? of the situation. Number one, ah. when when we say it's like having a controller in front of your screen, it's not. It's much wider because it's yeah. the width oh, of yeah, your yeah, phone plus true. the controls. Yeah. That's yeah. much wider than an Xbox controller is. True. For me, with arthritis and other things, it's not as comfortable. Number I two, see. it's much heavier than an Xbox controller, even ah, my damn, Xbox One Elite controller. Mm-hmm. Number yep. three, that screen. Uh, so when I'm playing a video game, I'm looking up right? Because I get mm-hmm. the monitor up yeah. in front of me. Mm-hmm. When I'm playing this, it's only comfortable if I'm looking down and that's still not very comfortable. So mm. I just don't like the ergonomics of the experience and the sacrifice of the smaller screen. It's an awesome idea. Don't get me wrong. 90% of the world is going to love this device. (laughs) So my recommendation doesn't change. It's just not for someone like me. Mm. Okay. Okay. Fair. Huh. And you learned something about yourself. I did. It was like he was, he knew the question I was going to ask. He's like, number one, number two, number three. I got it. Right. He he was (laughs) very clear reasons. Now I guess I get it. You know, so the product, great. Just Mm -hmm. not, not the way you like playing. For the small part of the population, who loves games but didn't have handheld experience Mm -hmm. like me we're not going to like this game but everyone else 90 percent of the gaming audience is probably going to love this device and it is better than nikishi i will say that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah okay that's fair all right what about you john you got anything that's something that's terrible for you but great for everybody else (laughs) (laughs) no but i'll tell you what i do have i have what i hope is the new record holder for least interesting tech toy (laughs) Oh, that's a very low bar. Wait, did we? I think we, that's going to be tough because don't we already have like bidets on this list? That was very interesting. That was very interesting. No, a couple of weeks ago, Mo talked to us about this cool bladeless fan that he got to like move vapor around for when he's doing stuff. Not terribly exciting, but yeah. No, no. Well, I got a more boring fan that has blades. Oh. But here's the thing. Similarly, I was looking for a solution to a problem. I wasn't sitting around sweaty going, boy, I need a fan. My problem was I spend 90% of my life in the same room of my house. It's my little man cave right inside the door. And not only do I sit on my ass in there all day working and editing and recording and doing stuff, but it's also where all my servers are. So in that part of the house, it gets hot. Now I've mitigated the heat in that room for me as a human, because I had a long time ago, I had them install a second vent in there to help keep the room nice, but computers against this one wall tend to get very hot. I have a Plex Uh server that periodically sounds like it's taken off of an aircraft carrier. Fan spins up like crazy. I have an Unraid server that when all the drives are running, it starts emailing me warnings that it's above a certain threshold. Like anything over 46 degrees Celsius, it goes, warning, warning, something about to turn to liquid, right? It's getting hot. (laughs) Danger, Will Robinson. (laughs) So I'm like, well, how do I... So I went looking for, look, my wife recently had a problem with an old Nintendo Switch and she put a little box fan next to it and it was fine. It never overheated. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take a cue from her. I'm going to look for a small fan that I can use to help push air air into these servers. I'm not hot, but these 
boxes other than are. a computer fan. Right. It has computer fans. They're just not handling okay. the job. <laughs> yeah. So, so you decided not to go like replace those. You wanted something exterior supplemental to them. I think it's, I need something extra. I think I have those. I have fans. I have okay. lighted fans that do crazy things. They're just not moving <laughs> enough air. Right. Okay. So I found a very simple fan. It's called the Smart Devil Small Personal USB Desk Fan. So it's little. It's maybe, I don't know, six inches square, seven inches square. It's maybe an inch thick or so, inch and a half thick. But it's USB powered. So it's beautiful for adding air to the intake of your computer because you plug it in a USB port. You set it in front of the air intake, little little toggle switch on the side of it, and it starts shoving air through the box. So does it work? I'll tell you what, that box that used to be warning me at 46 degrees on hard drives, it's a full 10 degrees cooler Celsius. It's Hmm. like 36, 37 degrees Celsius. Wow. So it fixed the problem. I don't know if it's good for a fan to keep your ass cold, but I know keeping (laughs) computers cold, it does the job. All right. I got a question. Mm, Yep. You called it the smart devil. Every time I hear the word smart in a tech device, I want to know why is it smart? smart? (laughs) What's smart (laughs) about it? Good question. I think the only thing smart about it is that it plugs into USB. That's it. (laughs) It's a stupid fan. So it has an electrical receptacle. Yeah. Makes it smart. All right. Yeah. Well, because it plugs in a computer. It's fancy and technical. That's I, I, that's it. It doesn't uh, do anything. It's not addressable. It's not USB, like, you know, <laughs> adjust the speed or anything. It's just power from a fan. So you can't even control it from your computer. No, can't no, no. I <laughs> I get with my it's just dull caveman finger. I have to push the button. That's the only way to start it. So wow, oh, that's funny. <laughs> but it gets the job done. So right. I think that might be. It's definitely in the running. It's in the bottom ten of the most boring tech toys. Yeah, it would but have it to solves be. a problem I have. So now. Mo, you have something that I'm envious of, and okay. which is an advent calendar that I'm missing. But I want to mention, because I was missing advent calendars this Christmas, because I'm a new empty nester, my daughter's not here to do it with me. I instead, I don't know if you've seen, I've been doing a Pac-Man video yes. advent calendar over on our channel. Every day of the month leading up to Christmas, I share another Pac-Man collectible for my collection. I'll give you a link to share with the listeners Absolutely. in case they haven't seen it. But it's how I'm getting my fix, not doing the old Lego advent calendar, but... So I'm curious to hear what you are doing with your advent I calendar. I've never your- seen anybody self-promote in a pitch to somebody else's <laughs> thing. That is awesome. John's finally becoming a salesman. I'm learning from George. <laughs> <laughs> Enough about me. Here's some more about me. And now to Mo. <laughs> okay. So uh, let me see. I'm trying to figure out how I can relate this to you, John. I can't. All right. They- <laughs> <laughs> Lego. You can it's, use it's Lego. Lego. It's Lego. So, yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, so, okay. I have the Lego Star Wars advent calendar. Ah, uh, the Star Wars one. Okay. They yes. like Harry Potter and all kinds they of different Harry ones, Potter, don't they? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, I don't know if you guys, I'm sure, are familiar with them. Basically, it's a little Lego set. has the 24 little tiny windows. Each one is a different Lego set. And they're all like little right. tiny ones. Either they're mini mm-hmm. things or little miniature crap, you know, starships or things like that, which this one is. It's cute as hell. Even though, I mean, these are really small. Mm-hmm. The only thing I say is that they don't give you much in the way of instructions. They no. They kind of show you a, like picture a picture of it and say like, <laughs> if you're stupid enough that you can't figure this out from the picture, then you should not be building this. And so, you know, I've struggled a few times, uh, but it looks like the picture. So I think I'm right.
right? But again, it's one of those things that my girlfriend bought me this. She actually bought it back in like March and she's been mm-hmm. hiding it since then. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so it's, it's cute. It's like one of those things. Definitely. I can see, you know, when the kids are around doing it with your children, probably be a lot of fun, but I'm doing it by myself and I'm enjoying it quite a bit. All right. So I think I bought an Advent Lego calendar last year after Christmas. So I got it really super cheap and I think it was a Star Wars one, but I haven't opened it. Number one, I found that after the holidays, sometimes these things become more valuable. Number one, they're Lego. Number two, because most people open them and use them. But I'm curious, since I haven't opened mine and I don't know that much about it, does it come pre-assembled as the advent calendar? So you're just opening the doors yep. to get the things out? Yep, because does. if it didn't, if you had to build it, I was going to say that yeah. kind of spoils yeah. most of the right, surprise. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, no. It's just like like there's like a leaf in front of the, li- the front of the box that you fold down. That's like your display. And then the back is all the boxes. So the calendar itself is cardboard, not yes. the, okay. I thought mm-hmm. maybe yes. the calendar was Lego Oh, no, no. Just, just every day you build a different Lego figure, basically, is all. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, I've for years, I've done the, what is it, the city advent calendar or whatever. It's just generic, you know, stuff. Yeah. It's, it's guy skating, police officer with a broom, you know, whatever, different stuff <laughs> right. in a winter scene. And I'm just curious with yours in the ones that I've done in the past, they kind of build a little bit. Like you start with some scrubby stuff. Like there's some, yeah, there's a dumb minifig. And then toward the end, you build a Christmas tree. And then on the 24th, you build Santa. Like it's absolutely, oh. it's building to something, you know, the best stuff is at the end. Do you think no yours idea. is building? And more importantly, um, what are we a week or so in? Is there a favorite one that you've built? Is there something really cool you didn't <laughs> expect to see in there? Well, yeah, my favorite thing is they built like a little land speeder and it's oh. a tiny thing, but it's really nice. cool. It's like a little tiny uh-huh. guy, but it's like it's mini really fig cool. size, right? With like yeah, 20 pieces or size. something. I've seen that. Yeah, it's, it's really tiny. Um, and they also have a battle droid in there that's kind of cute. But um, oh, cool. now, does it build? I don't know. Uh, I probably mm. should look at the size of the little doors, I guess, the bigger the door, the bigger <laughs> the Lego. But yeah, I don't know if it's building. I mean, right now they all seem kind of like on the same level. Same level. Honestly. Okay. Yeah. But the, like the little ships though, those they're they're super cute and cool. I mean, I'm definitely yeah. going to put a little display of these when I'm all done. I like it. Okay. Yep. So when you're done with it, you think you're going to keep it out? Because it's Star Wars. Mine's Christmas. We yeah. put it away after Christmas. Yours is Star Wars. It's good year. It's Star Wars. It's going to go out. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's Christmas themed stuff, it's still, that's okay. <laughs> Wait, it's Christmas themed Star Wars? Some of, the, yeah, like some of the things have like, uh, uh, Christmas colors and that kind of stuff. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, oh, nice. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Well, now now I really want to go get my Lego invent calendar. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mo. Sure. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. Now, get pictures of every cousin. Everyone, Grandma? Glad I just put the Energizer in here. Of all leading battery brands, nothing outlasts the Energizer from EverReady. Nothing outsnaps it, nothing outadds, outwalks, outplays, outtapes, outshines, outlasts it. Nothing. Now meet with each grandchild. No problem. With the Energizer.
Long life. Energize me. This is the main event of the podcast. For the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! Ho, 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 and merry gameness. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> it is now. I don't know. I it deem is. it a thing. Yep. <laughs> it's become a new thing now. Right next to, what is that, Krampus or whatever the one from Seinfeld? Hey, Krampus is a thing, just like Bigfoot. There we go. Okay. <laughs> just like Bigfoot. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the game section, just a quick note for those who are out there listening day of recording. Uh, we talk a lot about Humble Bundle here and a lot of their packages, and they have big mm-hmm. things going on when mm-hmm. we bring them up. This time they're doing, maybe it's their own advent calendar kind of thing. (laughs) I don't know. But what they're doing right now through, it looks like at least Christmas, maybe the end of the year, they're doing what they call their holiday bundle daily giveaway thing. What they're doing is they're taking bundles that came out this year and they're reissuing the most popular ones. Oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, That sounds expensive. Like if you missed it, you can go back. Exactly. If you oh, missed one, you'll get a I chance to go one. back. Uh, they're calling it, let me see, a very, very humble, humble holiday. Hum- yep. <laughs> nice. And <laughs> the one right now, there's one called Must Play Metroidvanians and oh. the Ultimate RPG Guides on the book side of bundles. The other ones, we don't know what they're going to be. They just say coming soon. So if you're a Humble Bundle person, you should get an email. You should have already gotten it already. If not, go over to their website, look for that uh, you know, holiday Humble Bundle link, and you'll get to a page. And this is the other thing. The bundles are only lasting for two days. Oh, you pay attention. Exactly. And, you know, so I don't know if that means every two days they release a new one or if they'll be overlapping ones or not. Mm-hmm. But anyway... Mm-hmm. It's out there. It's a fun little sale, and you get to do some good in the world by giving stuff away to charity, which is what that, Humble Bundle is that's all about. That's awesome. Yep. Oh, man. All right. Cost me money. Now, <laughs> let's get into games. I want to talk about the thing that I finally got to do another live stream this past week, and I chose to do it on the Atari 50 anniversary celebration holiday update. Oh yeah. yeah. So they added, I think it was 12 or 13 games to the platform. Now, some of these games were homebrew stuff that came out much later after the Atari's day had kind of come and gone. But a lot of them were games that came out during the Atari's day back in the mid eighties, even up to like, I think there's one from 1990 or something or 93. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, really wow. uh, games like bowling were in there. There was uh, <laughs> what, what was that? There was a football one that I really enjoyed. John, your haunted mansion one had a thing in mm-hmm. there that was driving me crazy. Save Mary was the one that you laughed at me yep. the most about because <laughs> I didn't know how to save Mary. I got her built up and I didn't know I could grab her at that point. She, but she was ready to save and you didn't save her. She was ready to save and I was just trying to give her more stuff. Uh, it was so much fun to go back and play these games, which in by and large, all but one of the games are Atari 2600 games. Okay. And while I was playing on this live stream, what I noted and talked about during the stream is that the games were simple. They were mm-hmm. fun. They weren't terribly distracting in a way that like there's a million different sounds and sights coming at you, trying to distract you from the gameplay. It was just simple. Move your square from here to there <laughs> or move 
move this thing around. <laughs> Simple gameplay, nice, fun, compelling. The stories they didn't matter that much. They were all games that I could pick up and play for 10 or 15 minutes and then put back down. I played like half of them mm-hmm. and it was a blast. I really would like to do another one to play the other half, but oh sure. if you have the Atari 50 anniversary celebration game on whatever platform, make sure you run your updates so you get mm-hmm. these free games. That's the other part. They're not charging for this update. It's just an update. Wow. So of the ones you played, do you have a favorite? The football one was really fun. Mm-hmm. I forget if it's super football or if it was yeah. just football. I, I think it's super football. That sounds right. Yeah. It was a blast. I really liked the fact that they took a lot of time with thinking about how football really is. Like if you imagine football on an Atari 2600, you get the image of just some (laughs) squares and some, maybe some X's, you know, up and down the field, you know, top down view. No, this is, was an isometric third person view. Your players had different assignments. There were blockers. There were motion men. You played the quarterback. When you threw the ball, you automatically were controlling the receiver you were throwing Mm -hmm. it to, just like Cyberball would do back in the day, or John Madden does now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you were playing on defense, you were controlling one of the linebacker-type guys. Uh, They did this really great mechanic when they would do kickoffs or punts. When somebody needed to punt or Mm -hmm. kick off, the ball would actually curve around the screen as it went downfield (laughs) and downfield was much smaller so that they could convey perspective oh really smartly done you remember how the original atari football i think it was just called football was like six guys three and three and you move these little grids of guys around yeah and you moved all the guys at the same time yeah all together that's right (laughs) and then in television just absolutely buried atari with their sports Mm -hmm. games and Mm -hmm. then atari came back with real sports football that was better. This is way better than any of that in television or anything. Yeah. And I think it's because, look, we were getting at the end of the life. You know how, remember the Xbox 360, the early games were like, that's all right. And toward the end, it was like, right. how'd they do that? Right. Mm-hmm. I think towards the end of it, and we've seen from homebrew guys 30 years on, they find other ways to make the game do cool stuff. That Atari football, the super football, was one of the best footballs I've ever seen in the 2600. Yeah. And you just got it for free. Nice. Because you already own this package. And, you know, this is coming from Atari, who recently mm-hmm. purchased Atari Age. And we know there mm-hmm. are a crap ton of homebrews out mm-hmm. there on Atari Age. I would not doubt that you will see more updates. Maybe some of them might be for purchase. This one is not. It's like a gift for the holidays from Atari. Yep. I would bet that you will start to see more of those really good homebrews like Galagon so. <laughs> starting to leech their way into this game ecosystem that That'd is cool. the Atari 50th anniversary celebration. That'd be awesome. It's a cool. great platform, great information in it. But sometimes if you just want to save Mary, click a button and start playing. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mary. We got a couple of links down in the show notes that Mo will put down there. One's to my live stream, but the more important one is to John's holiday update editorial where he talks about stuff. You'll probably get better information from that one. (laughs) But more entertainment from you, for sure. That's right. (laughs) I mean, I did get in trouble for causing a five-year-old to hear some curse words. That's all. I don't don't know if that was my fault, but I got in trouble for it. And I think it was crap. I think that's what he said. Oh, a dirty word. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, we're like, I don't know if that was the word I said. Maybe there was another word in crap oh, maybe. was the one he was allowing his child to say. I don't know. But <laughs> we told him, have your kid listen to the podcast. He wants to hear dirty words. Hey, and sakes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
John, you were talking about it in the teaser, and I'm very interested because I think I actually own this game, and I don't know how I own this game, but I see it in my <laughs> Steam library. Okay. Uh, it's a modern game that harkens back to our retro days. It does, right. And uh, this is also, oddly enough, published by Digital Eclipse, who who did mm. the 50th anniversary celebration we were just talking about. Yep. Okay. And I wanted to talk about this back in October. I just or early November, but I didn't get around to it. So many other things were happening. But Digital Eclipse released a brand new game. Now, you guys remember, we talked some months ago about a game called Donut Dodo. Yes, I played that one. Yeah, you, right. you talked me into buying it. Right. And this is a game like you boot it up and like it looks like a ROM loading and it has a curved screen filter on it. And the game right. behaves like an arcade game and it has the mechanics of an arcade game. Now, it uses some modern sensibilities to do, you know, more colors than you ever could or whatever. But the basic game is there like an arcade game. This is another one of those. It's called Candy Creeps. And it's mm -hmm. around Halloween. I think they released it around October 30th or something right at the end of October. The idea in this game is you are a little kid who's looking to destroy a giant pumpkin. That's the boss on every screen. Oh, there are all okay. these little tiny pumpkins that go popping all over the screen that you need to hop on like Goombas and Mario. And when you hop on them, they turn into candy. Your kid collects candy around the screen, dodging enemies until you get enough candy and then you get your costume. But you don't know what it's going to be. You might be a witch or a mummy or whatever. But when you have that, now you have mm -hmm. your power and you can go attack the pumpkin. Oh. Oh, until you run out of candy and then you turn back into a regular kid and then you have to go back. <laughs> now, like the Donut Dodo, this is, it's painfully difficult at the beginning. They build <laughs> these to be like a quarter suck. It's supposed to be an arcade game that's tough, but like the previous one too, you play enough and you're like, oh, I see the rules. If you stay away from these and get over here and when you have your costume, you're virtually invincible. You just go in there and they, he, like he can push you away, but he can't hurt you. You know, you can go in there and hammer mm. him down. And then you get a new screens probably four or five screens i've only been to two of them because it's difficult like i said but only five bucks i want to say back around when it was released it was on sale for like 2.99 that's probably when i goaded you guys into buying it because it was super <laughs> cheap like three bucks or something but like you were saying with the atari 50 this is one of those if you want to play something that's just throw in a quarter and push start and see what high score you can get you don't have to remember the controls you don't have to remember your inventory you don't have to go back and see where you are the story it's a non-scrolling screen you're fighting a giant pumpkin and it's fun as hell so what type of powers are the different costumes give you just the invincibility the ability to really it's just for variety the different costumes give you the invincibility to attack the pumpkin oh okay so, so it's give all the same powers. power gotcha yeah okay. yeah the power is just that you have your costume i think and then you can attack yep got it the way that you described it i went down the same path that mo oh, did like, oh, yeah. oh the witch maybe can throw fire right. bolts and maybe oh, can or something can pass through enemies or something that would be awesome that'd be way. cool and maybe that happens later as i said i suck at it right now i'm not good enough at it <laughs> but i want to talk about it now because i went back to it because i'm like oh you know it, literally it's one of those things where i'm going back and going oh which uh, what game am i going to talk about on the podcast i'm like oh crap i still have this and i went and played it for another hour you know so i'm like let's <laughs> talk about that to make sure i share it and it's so cheap at five bucks like it's you're gonna get five hours out of it yeah if you play it two or three times you will so it's one of those kind of games candy creeps also by there digital eclipse it's on all the platforms but i played it on steam just five bucks check it out okay are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. 
In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. The great American dog food, Purina dog chow. Those crunchy, munchy nuggets, dogs really love that taste. And with that combination of flavors, it's not as good as great. Dog chow brand dog food, they love that taste and how. It's the great American dog food, Purina dog chow. It's the largest selling dog food, so treat your dog right now. To the great American dog food, Purina dog chow. Before we wind up this episode, I always like to take a couple of seconds here at the end to talk about the things we're either looking at now or looking forward to between now and the next time we get together. And George, I want to start with you. Uh, we know there's some stuff going on in your personal life. We talked about your wife last episode. What are you looking forward mm -hmm. to? Uh, so basically the same thing, my wife's recovery. Uh, there are some updates. And if you've joined our Discord server recently, if you care at all, it's genxgrownup.com slash Discord. Mm. I try to post updates as to her situation up there on a semi-regular basis. Sometimes I do them every day, sometimes every other day. It just depends on what's going on with her mm -hmm. and how significant the steps are. Mm -hmm. And I know that these podcasts are a little bit behind. So when you hear this update, things may have already changed that you may see in Discord. However, mm -hmm. today, as of the recording, my wife right now is still slated to move to rehab, mm -hmm. potentially Good. in the upcoming week, the same week okay. that this podcast will release. So you may see in the discord server that we have already moved to the rehab facility she has her ups and downs as far as how she is responding in that particular day some days she's very alert very talkative has opinions on things going on and wants to ask questions and does great things with her physical therapy like walking for 82 feet doing occupational therapy stuff, grabbing and gripping things, uh, doing speech therapy kind of stuff, even musical therapy they have going mm. on at the oh, hospital, cool. which is really great. Uh, and then other days like today, she's a bit more subdued. Maybe she's a bit sleepy. Uh, maybe her speech is a little bit weaker or more slurred. And it just comes and goes with this thing. All of that to say, my wife still has a long road to go. As I've said many a time with my family and with friends and everybody else, this is a marathon, not a sprint. She is not going to be the person who she was before her birthday in the next week. Mm. This is six months out, yeah, maybe yeah. a right. year. Um, her people at work are so supportive. They um, they sent me a text. Her bosses did uh, just a couple of days ago. My wife has enough of her own personal leave to keep her paycheck going through to the like end of May or middle of June. Oh, geez. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Um, and then there are people lined up out the door to donate more leave. Hmm. And oh, wow. That leave will <laughs> no doubt get her to the next time she accrues leave in August. And then she'll have another like two months or something like that worth of leave. So, yeah. 
I think she's good up until like September or October <laughs> of next year at this point. Or yeah, of next year. They're lining up to help her out because Grace is just awesome and people want to yes, help her is. out because she helps everybody That's else exactly out right. in her regular life yeah. and now she needs it and she's getting it back. So good. Excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now nobody at my work is donating shit. But that's okay. <laughs> Well, it'd be to you. They know you. <laughs> but it's me. Yeah, so I, I totally get it. I'm not faulting any of them. No, I'm just kidding. They're all being great. They're all saying anything I need. Um, but yeah, I know I talk a long time in this segment about oh, this, no. and I apologize for going over. But for me, this is what's important. This podcast and this group of people around our platform, around Gen X Grown Up, have been extremely supportive and awesome and giving me great feedback to my uh, updates on the Discord server. People have reached out anything I need. It's been wonderful. And I I just appreciate it. So I only talk about it. Number one, it helps me. But number two, I know Mm -hmm. people are wanting the information, Uh, as well as the two gentlemen who are here on the podcast with me who have been my brothers for I can't even count how long and have supported each other for a long time. John and I. We've known each other maybe too long at this point, but um, it it's been a uh, it's been a roller coaster. It's going to continue to be a roller coaster. But she is going to recover. Uh, I hundred percent still believe that in my heart. Yep. Even though it's you know like two steps forward, a step back, those steps forward are still progress. They every still day. count. Absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Good. Well, we're, we're in the roller coaster car right behind you, brother. So just hang in there. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. All right, John, what are you looking forward to? I, I have just a few things. So, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of Miracle on 34th Street, but I realized there mm-hmm. is a new horror film called Nightmare on 34th Street coming to streaming <laughs> December 5th. Oh, my God. I couldn't find where, but the reason it most interested me, yeah, it's the play on words with Miracle. The point is, it's an anthology horror that the trailer reminds me so much of Creepshow that oh, makes okay. me, oh, yeah. that could be cool. Now, I'm not saying it's a Creepshow knockoff or it's more of the same, but it has that feeling like it looks like they're loosely connected by some kind of narrator, maybe. Don't know. Don't care. Sound Sounds fascinating. So it, it was just released to streaming. They said December 5th. I can't find it, but I'm looking for it. I'm looking forward to finding it and being, being able to watch that. So that's the first thing. Uh, it's got to be better than Silent Night. I didn't care for <laughs> uh, The second intermediate thing is I'm looking forward to a lighter Christmas this year. Now, of course, I don't have a real full-time job other than Gen X grown up that doesn't pay as much as I used to. But beyond that, we're, we've all been pressed. My daughter moved out. Uh, my mom has had some things come up in her life. My wife has had car problems. She had to buy a new car. And we've all agreed to call a Christmas truce because we're normally all trying to one up each other. And we're like, look, (laughs) I promise I will not get upset if there are no presents for me. I promise. I promise. If you see something you're dying to get me, awesome. That's how I'm going to behave too. If I'm dying to get it for you and it's perfect gift, I'll get it. I'm not going to go out there going, what's the quota? Did I get enough presents for this person? Right. So I'm hoping it pans out properly. My mom has already said, you told me too late. So we'll see what happens there. But (laughs) I'm feeling less stressed this Christmas already because we've all in our family have agreed for a lighter Christmas. And I'm happy with that. I don't need more junk to find a place to store it. I'm grateful, but I don't need the stuff. I just love being with my family and being back together. So that's enough. And finally, the thing that I'm looking forward to on the media front, December 15th, 
Wonka comes out. This is the prequel really? to uh, yeah, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Look, really? It's Timothy, Timothy Chalamet, Chalamet. your doom yeah. guy. Yeah. I had heard bad things about it. The early reviews I'm watching are, it's actually pretty fun. And I'm so enthusiastic huh. to watch a movie that they say, yeah, it doesn't try to be beholden to all the mythos of Willy Wonka. It's not like a bunch of callbacks. It's its own movie in that vein. And that sounds great to me. So December 15th, I'm going to see okay. that. Uh, I, d- I didn't watch the one with Depp, but I really like the, the original, of course, with Gene Wilder. So we'll see what they do with this. But December 15th, going to th- go see it in the theater. Sounds good to me. Mo, what about you? What do you got Ooh, coming up? Um, Yeah, I got a couple things. So, um, well, there's a new Studio Ghibli movie coming out, which my daughter oh, is okay. very excited because it's called A Boy and the Heron. Uh, same guys Ooh, who did okay. Spirited Away, the same guy. Apparently, this is his last movie, which his last one was supposed to be his Ooh. last one. Victory so this is mm, right. his, but but of course he's getting really old, so maybe this is his last one. Um, but that's coming out today <laughs> in the theaters, twelve eight. Um, the next one is a show on Netflix coming out the fifteenth called Rebel Moon Part One. I don't know if you guys heard of this mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. Zack Snyder had written a Star Wars story that takes place away from the main characters. It was a side story that never got okay. made. Okay, he rewrote it to make it a separate mythos, and Netflix let him make it. Oh, so it's not in Star Wars, really. It's anymore. not in Star Wars. Okay, he rewrote wow. it so it wasn't part of Star Wars. It's own thing and now it's gonna be on netflix hmm. and apparently it's getting these amazing reviews oh but it's it's coming out the 15th i'm very interested to see it it's part one it's two hours and change so i don't know what part two is going to be uh, but, <laughs> okay but definitely i mean pretty excited about it. I, mean, I like zach snyder i like most of the stuff he's done so it could be interesting right uh, okay. but what i'm really really looking forward to is on christmas is going to be the doctor who christmas special first oh. one in a while that was like a standard with doctor who when they rebooted it in 2005 was that they had always had a christmas show and uh-huh. it was always some weird Christmas is every single year the new people when they this last season for some reason they got rid of it which pissed off everybody I don't mm-hmm. know why because I'm gonna do my own thing I don't know what the reason anyway he's bringing it back so it's gonna be a new which is actually gonna bring the new doctor into it oh shoot I always have trouble pronouncing this guy's name so I'm gonna mess it up here it's um Kuti Bawa I think it's his oh. name he was in I, sex I, education I will correct you because I don't know how to say it <laughs> <laughs> anyway so I, I know I screwed up his name but anyway he's gonna be the new doctor so it'll be his first episode as the brand okay. new doctor very different kind of person playing the role which just makes it really interesting so mm-hmm. definitely looking forward to that and so that's about it all right a lot of cool stuff now before we get out of the show hey i have to thank our amazing supporters over on patreon.com these are folks that take a little bit every single month to support what we do they are the lifeblood they are keeping us rolling we would not be doing this today <laughs> still seven years later if we didn't have the support of amazing people uh, and i want to call out a returning patron we had a longtime supporter we got to meet him in person over at sfge Brad, he had a change Mm -hmm. to his financial situation. He just came back on board the other day. He's like, you know what? Things are getting a little bit better. I'm coming back on board because even though he ran into some tough times or some some changes in his finances, he still wanted to support the arts. He still wanted to support the thing he cared about, which is content creation, the things we do at Gen X Grown Up. Brad, thank you so much for coming back. You are still an amazing fan, even when you weren't over on Patreon, but we're so grateful that you found a way to support us again. We're (laughs) thankful to you and to everyone. If you'd like to join Brad, for as little as a dollar a month, you can do that too. Just head over to patreon.com slash genxgrownup, sign up, and away we go. Now, one extra benefit you get as a patron is a feature here on the regular podcast, right, Mo? Oh, absolutely. So if you are a patron on Patreon, um, a patron on Patreon, that always sounds weird, but you get to basically <laughs> ask us a question and we'll answer it here on the regular podcast. And today's question is from Uno Clay. We've known him okay. a long time, mm-hmm. long time patron. Now, this is kind of a heavy question, so give it some thought 
But the question is, can you pick out one specific event or moment or mm-hmm. turning point in your life that has had the most repercussions on your life today? Mm-hmm. And I would say, let's 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 exclude our children and getting married and stuff like that, because that's pretty, that is life changing no matter what. But that's kind of generic, right? That's kind of generic. Mm-hmm. Let's think outside of that. So what do you guys say? I'll and just do mine first. Okay. So, yeah, I'm ready to. Yeah. Um, mine was when I decided not to be an architect. Uh, went to college oh, for architecture. That's right. Went to college to study being an architect. So I always wanted to be. And when I got to college and I realized that while I could probably make a living as an architect, I'll be the guy who designs like the bathrooms. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because a lovely there are just people because there are people who are just so much just so talented um <laughs> and i said you know how would i feel about doing that and i said that probably would not be a really fulfilling career so i yeah. just completely switched went into computers instead and that was a pretty big decision wow yeah i can go next if you want it's really easy yeah, for me shoot. i think the big turning point is my life was on a straight vector until about 2005, 2006. And that's when I chose to leave a job where I had infinite job security, take a new job in Jacksonville. I moved over here and I no longer have that job, but that's where I met you, Mo. That's where I met so many great friends that I have here in Jacksonville. And I didn't leave behind my friends in Tallahassee. I still have all of them and they're still amazing. George, you were one of them who was in Tallahassee still, who I knew there. So many to be part of your recollection. (laughs) Remember George? Remember George? George you had? He was was an okay guy. But on the heels of that, that's when the, the moving out of television into something else is what ultimately led me this percolation that made me want to start doing media creation of my own and led me to this hobby that I love. So I would, if I was in television, I wouldn't have that itch to scratch. It would be scratching it, but it led me to what I'm doing now. So probably it was the decision to leave a job in television to do something else is what led me to a whole new group of friends. And it led me to a thirst for creating content that led me to this hobby that I love so much. So that, that was probably it. It was, okay. it was taking this job to come work with you, Mo. You had yeah, a luxurious you office I mean, come on. with a window and I had a cubicle. It was just yeah, but my window was situated. If you open the door, it got covered, so it was kind of pointless. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> How about you, George? I mean, obviously, I'm kind of living one of those moments right yeah. now. Yeah, so, right. You know, I don't know what the repercussions of this moment that I'm currently in are going to be. So I'll go back to something from my past. Um, people may have heard me tell this story. John probably has. Um, I- I'm not going to try and toot my own horn, but. I was gifted when it comes to athletics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was one of the top rated catchers in the state of Florida in my time. The other two guys who were right there with me, we were one, two, and three, depending upon which reports you looked at. They're both Hall of Famers now. That shows you oh, wow. where I was at, the level <laughs> yeah. of class and quality that I was at. My father, for years, had wanted me to stop playing sissy baseball and play manly football. (laughs) And I had avoided it because there fortunately weren't a lot of good youth football programs here in Tallahassee. There was Pee Wee League, but it wasn't really well developed. Baseball was really the big sport in this Mm -hmm. town. Mm -hmm. When I got to high school, they did have a football team and he pushed and pushed and pushed for me to go out as a freshman on that football team. I did... After day one, I passed out at practice from the heat Uh and I quit. I went home that evening and my father browbeat me essentially into not giving up and not quitting and blah, blah, blah. And I went back and I did really well. I, you know, won a couple of awards and at the end of our junior varsity season that year, six of us got promoted to the varsity team to finish out that season on the varsity squad, which had more games. The last game... (laughs) 
of the mm-hmm. varsity season, I was playing the position of nose guard, which is a defensive position in the line. So if you guys mm-hmm. ever watch football, the big, huge guys that are smashing each other on every play, I was in that. And um, we were we were really pummeling our opponent, who was kind of a rivalry. And I guess one of the linemen got frustrated and he decided he was tired of getting, you know, run past where we were sacking his quarterback <laughs> left, right, and center the whole game. I think we had like six or seven sacks as a team in that game. He decided to get back at us and me in particular became the focal point of that. He fell backwards when I hit him and I thought, oh, great, free shot to quarterback. I went to go run. He kicked out with both of his feet, caught me in both my kneecaps, and that oh. was the end of my baseball career. Ouch. I ripped every ligament and tendon you can have inside These are of a knee. For catchers. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I right? mean, they probably <laughs> invented a few ligaments that I tore at that point because oh, I don't know if they ouch. knew them all until they opened up my legs. Mm. Talk about changing the course of your life, man, from... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really. Just, I yeah. was I was already draft prospected. I was set to go. Um, mm. Had a lot of teams looking at me. I very likely would have at least ended up in the systems, if not in the majors. Um, wow. I'm sure I would have made it to AAA without a problem. Whether or not you make it on the big roster is a whole different lottery mm-hmm. game. But I, I think I probably could have. Um, the two guys who I mentioned earlier that went Hall of Fame, uh, they had better bats than I did, but I had a better arm. So mm-hmm. I think I could have been a very successful defensive catcher in the league. So that's probably the event that changed yeah. my life the most. So a big good one. question. Never met. That's you know, for sure. Yeah. 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 I would have never met John. And since John I never watched never, sports, he would never heard of you. I'd never hear about no. you. <laughs> <laughs> He'd never know. I would have uh, never met my wife. I would have never had my kids. Um, so while it was devastating at the time and for mm-hmm. years, and even yeah. to this day, I have a hard time watching baseball. I'm mm. still thankful for that guy kicking my kneecaps out because I love where my life is now. Awesome. I mean, not, I awesome, mean, not today. Today sucks, but today, right? This, yeah. this trajectory in general, I get you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, good. Well, thank you, Uno Clay. We appreciate the question. Yeah. Uh, hey, if you're a patron, just hit up Mo over on Patreon. Tell him you have a question for the show, and uh, he puts them in a hopper and pulls one out every regular show. So thank you for that. Yeah. That's going to wrap it up for episode 160 then. Don't worry, we'll be back in two weeks with another one. But next week, as you know, is our backtrack where we pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. This time around, man, video games were going nuts until the early 80s when all of a sudden somebody pulled the plug and they just almost completely died. We're going to be talking Mm. about that North American video game crash of 1983. We lived through it. We all lived through a little bit different window of it based on our ages. We're going to talk about all that. You don't want to miss that one. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Always fun, man. Fourth Lister, it's you, though. We all appreciate most of all, and we can't wait to talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. JetX Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown-ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up.
Marcus gets all up in arms when he sees me drinking out of a metal straw. He's like, you're going to slip and stab yourself. And I'm like, no, not. <laughs> That's what he's worried about. <laughs> I've, I've done it for years. And I, what kind of slippage do you have on a I straw know, really? that you stab yourself? I don't know. He's, he thinks that's the thing. You did see I don't the know. Batman movie, the Joker did the pencil thing. So maybe <laughs> that, does, he never, right. does he never use metal forks or spoons or knives or anything? <laughs> no, he does I'm going to use that. That's yeah. a good defense. Yeah. When he, <laughs> No, so, he is not. The other day I told him, I have good for you, news for you. He's like, oh, yeah? He's like, yeah, I've retired that big fat metal straw that you didn't like. Oh, good. I replaced it with a thinner pointier metal straw. <laughs> He's like, oh, son of a bitch. I'm only eating with chopsticks now. <laughs> Plastic. Rubber chopsticks, please. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.